0: I'm trying to do this new thing where I don't touch my inbox the first few hours of every day. Yeah. if you think about it, that's like kind of when we're most productive, but we usually just immediately start out with email, and then it's, I don't know, for you guys, it's so draining for me. Yeah. I just delete everything.
1: Welcome to the Laravel I.O. podcast. Uh, this is Sean McCool. I'm here with Taylor Otwell and Jeffrey Way. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I know this is a little bit short notice, and the things have been kind of hectic lately with the release of four one. Uh, so I know that you've been really busy with that, Taylor.
2: Yeah, very busy. And so, I got, I got, uh, I got a bad cold or whatever, like the day of Laravel release, <laughs> which made it even worse. Perfect.
1: <laughs> um, awesome. So you want to start by talking about four point one and kind of how that went, and uh, you know anything that. Happened there or just whatever
2: Yeah I think it it went Pretty well it was our This is our first kind of point release Since 4.0 and 4.0 Was such like a huge paradigm shifting Release and with 4.1 we did have to kind of like Clean up a few things and That um it created a little bit longer upgrade process than I wanted. Like it's still not bad, but um, I'm hoping with 4.2, we can just have like a simple composer update and you're done. But uh with 4.1, we introduced one major new component was the new SSH stuff. That was a totally new um, kind of standalone component of the framework. And then, we also made quite a bit of improvements to routing under the hood and sessions under the hood. Uh, we introduced database read-write connections where you can have one connection that's always used for uh, reading and one that's always used for writing. Uh, we introduced new, like, failed job handling for queues, so you can automatically set, like, a... A number of tries you want for your queue jobs, and they'll get inserted into a failed table if they uh if they don't complete in that number of tries gosh we introduced a lot of stuff uh redis queues um improvements to the password reminder stuff to make that more flexible a ton of stuff
1: um is that database read write configuration can you can you configure that like per model mm, you I don't know. <laughs> have to I'm think just kind about of because it. it's it's functionality that people have been asking for.
2: Yeah, I bet you could. I'd have to think about it.
0: I think sometimes people ask those kind of questions, and then when Taylor says like, "Oh, I'm not sure," so many people like, I don't think you understand the framework's so large you can't you can't hold on to that amount of knowledge all in one sitting you know sometimes you have to yeah you have to go back and look at things yeah but, and
2: like a lot of, a lot of times there's like is there a property on eloquent model that says read connection write connection no but like if you override like a, a simple method you could probably do it like i'd have to look yeah i would expect that to be the
1: case you would just have a, a method that you would override in your in your model and it would yeah. turn the correct connection string or something yeah well, cool. That's that's all very cool stuff. Um, I've been holding off on upgrading because I, I want uh, everybody to uh, do all the testing and everything first and then tell me what all I'm going to have to change because the code bases I'm working in are really big. So I'm, I'm going to yes. wait until I have a good sh- uh, chance to sit back and, and do this stuff, but I'm really excited. Uh, some of the changes I've been looking forward to for a long time.
2: Yeah, yeah, we had a pretty smooth release I guess. The first day we had a few bugs with the URL generation stuff, but we got all those sorted out that first day. And since then I haven't heard of anything really 4.1 specific and I uh actually upgraded Snappy at work on a on a branch and about it didn't take very long and didn't really have any other big problems. And that's a fairly substantial application, so yeah, pretty, I
0: haven't It was pretty painless. Like, I I upgraded mine the same day, and I noticed, like, two – I think there was one routing thing and one uh, related to the password reminders functionality, but you had that fixed the same day. So it was completely painless for me, and I've had no issues since then.
1: What do you guys think about uh, a lot of small revisions really quickly uh, versus – uh, making a number of updates and then releasing revisions is slightly less frequently. Because some people have talked about, you know, when a new version comes out, there's a lot of revisions really fast. Does that mean yeah. anything to you? Because to me, I don't care how many updates there are. It's not like I'm sitting there jamming, you know, Composer update over and over again.
2: Yeah, there is a slight difference in 4.1 in the in the sense that the default minimum stability on Composer is stable now where with 4.0, it was set to dev. And so, like, with 4.1, if I make even the smallest little bug fix, I have to tag it just so that it will go out to people. But with 4.0, I didn't necessarily have to because a lot of people's installations were still set on the default dev stability. And even if I didn't tag it, they were going to get that update. So, like, with that first day, when we fixed, like, you know, six, seven bugs, let's say, I had to tag six or seven minor or like bug fix releases. Uh, so it looks like a lot of releases. It's not, or revisions. It's not really any different than 4.0 was. It's just I have to tag every one now since we're set to st- uh, stable.
1: I think that's a really good uh, change, a uh, default stable
2: tag. Yeah, it is kind of nice.
1: Sure. Well, cool. Um, I saw that the Laricon. U.S. website went up. Is that at conference.laravelle.com?
2: Yeah, Conference la- conference.laravel.com. Yeah, we got the website up. And, it looks so you know, good, too. It's really days. a good
1: brand. I mean,
2: you, you just have a couple actions and a, a
1: nice-looking thing, and it's just yeah. very nice. Yeah,
2: Focus Lab did the uh, design, and they always do pretty awesome stuff, so we knew it was going to be cool. But, yeah, the monsters and all that was really was pretty slick. And uh, we announced the dates and everything, which is um, May 15th and 16th in New York City. So our venue is the – I don't think the venue is on the site, but the venue is actually the Scholastic Event Center and Theater, which holds – has an auditorium with, like, nice theater seating. And I think it holds about 250 people. So it's going to be a, quite a bit larger than the first uh, U.S. Laracon. And uh, they have a cool um, – Kind of at the at the top of the building they have this cool thing called the greenhouse which is kind of like this glass room with an outside terrace and stuff and cool lighting for um
0: after the uh,
2: after the auditorium talks. So that, that's did pretty we, cool. New York City have, is an awesome venue. Sorry. Uh,
0: it's okay. Did we have 200 people at Laracon EU?
1: 185. Uh,
0: yeah. I'm just wondering two fifty, I mean, another six months of Laravel? I wonder if that's gonna be enough. I mean obviously you guys know, don't know better than me. But it just seems like it's growing so fast.
2: I don't know. It's always hard for me to judge like how many people will buy these tickets. But um definitely there seems to be a lot of interest in it. I mean, we had a lot of interest last year. We even had a waiting list last year and Laravel is many times larger than it was then. So yeah. and that was a hundred people with a probably a good 20 or 30 people on a waiting list. So
1: yeah, it's really popping up everywhere. I'm, I'm talking to contractors. Uh, it Laravel three, for example, runs uh, some properties on Fox sports and uh, a bunch of stuff that, you know, nobody I know is working on that stuff. It's just people are adopting it. Um
2: Yeah, that's crazy. And with New York city too, I mean, there's we have a lot of devs just in town uh, more, probably more than we did in DC. So I'm sure there'll be quite a few local people that buy tickets as well.
1: That's a good point. You can you can definitely. It's easier for them to travel there, and so it's it's easier to fill those seats. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah, so
2: it's going to be exciting, I think. And we've uh, we've got the call for papers open on the website, you know. So anyone that wants to submit a talk um, can go ahead and do that. I think we'll have that open for at least another month and a half or so.
0: I swear my entire Twitter feed has submitted talks. Like right after you launched it, every single person, submitted my talk, submitted my, my proposal, every yeah, I think, person.
2: I think we have about 25 or 30 talks submitted so far. That, yeah. That's great. So,
1: so um, do you know when ticket sales are going up?
2: We are going to start selling tickets to the first of the year. That that uh, We're doing it the first of the year for some tax things, tax reasons, but – um. Yeah, we should have it up and, um, I'm sure we'll have pricing details then as well, but it should be uh, pretty affordable and, uh, considering the location and venue and stuff. So I think it'll be, be good. We'll get it up pretty soon. I guess that's pretty, uh, pretty close here considering we're at the, almost the new year. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, do you know if it's going to be two full days?
2: Yeah, it definitely will be two full days. 100% sure. Um, so we'll probably have more talk obviously more talks than we did last time, I think, but we also are just kind of still brainstorming a little bit about other activities we might want to do during the day, besides just you know the speaker talks, yeah and uh, we like have the our actually fire idea
0: like where each you can sign up and you can do a five minute talk. I love this yeah. stuff.
2: Yeah, that is cool. We we we're still batting that around. I think we definitely want to change up a few things and have some variety during the day. So yeah, that's a cool idea. We've confirmed a few speakers too, like a handful that we just wanted to invite. Like, um, Um, I think I can go ahead and announce a few. But like uh Sarah, she goes by Sarah MG on Twitter. Um, she's going to be speaking about the Hip Hop VM. She's uh, she works on that. Um. Who else do we have? Uh, Jeff. Jeffrey Way will be speaking. <laughs> who, who? Yeah. Not very well-known. New guy. We're just a uh, fresh face for this Giving year. Giving him a chance.
0: Except yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure what to speak on yet. I was actually thinking about doing something maybe JavaScript-related. I've really been getting into, like, AngularJS and how that mixes with, with Laravel. So that yeah. might be fun. We don't get many JavaScript talks at Lyricons. Like, have yeah. we... Maybe we've had one, maybe not any. So that, that, that yeah, might be interesting. Not really,
2: not really any pure JavaScript talks. Yeah, I tried to get a, I tried to get Rasmus, but he was not available. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll have some good talks. We're, I think we're shooting for, I don't know, uh, between 12 and 14 talks, depending on, like I said, you know, what other activities we come up with. We may, you know, lower or raise the, the number of, uh, Talks.
0: Speaking of Sarah, did either of you get a chance to watch her her talk at Nomad PHP? No, or I didn't. I heard it was crazy good. I haven't watched it yet.
2: Yeah, I have watched her uh, one of her hip hop talks on YouTube, and it was good. But I, I missed out on Nomad. I'll be on Nomad in March. Oh, will I, you? I, yeah. That's fun. Yeah, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do Laravel. Cues deep dive, just like all about how the cues work and stuff. Cool. So, yeah, it should be cool. Well,
1: awesome. Uh, I'm definitely going to go to the American Conference. I haven't been to really New York, and so it'll be Yeah, a- I've never
2: been. Yeah,
1: awesome. Um, Cool. Well, what else do we have in the pipe? Let's see here. Laravel.io is coming along. We... A couple weeks ago, was it a couple weeks ago, we threw up a kind of a public beta of the forums, of the new forums, uh, just to get some people on there and using them and get some feedback and just to see what the site actually looked like and how it felt when people were using it. Um, It's come along a lot. We really get a lot of the features in there, so uh, yeah. we have a new site design coming in, so it'll clean everything up, tighten it up, make it a lot nicer. We got Search coming in, and I think that we're getting close to like a reasonable release. Nice. So, yeah, it's going to be really cool because we have the, the forum system, and we have the ability for community members to just post articles. Uh, do you yeah. guys remember when I was trying to do this thing where I was getting everybody to write articles that – uh, on subjects that they felt were missing, you know, in the community. Uh, I call it the Laravel yeah. Foundations Project.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So I was working with people then, and I, I was really realizing that was kind of this big bottleneck. So instead of, you know, kind of doing all of this work to put out individual articles, you know, we decided just to make a system where people could post things themselves. And then, you know, the, the community can moderate these things and, and handle that. So
0: Yeah, that's going to be slick. So this entire forum system, that's all custom built?
1: Yeah. um, See, part of this whole thing to me is I want uh, people to come in. And, you know, how often do people come in and say, hey, do you know a site written in Laravel uh, that, that, you know, is open source? Yeah. And there's not a lot of, you know, options here really. Uh, So we have a full site here that does things like GitHub authentication. It's, you know, a forum, an article system. Every single thing here is fully open source and available you know that's nice and so i'm commenting it up as nice as i can i'm going through individual parts of it and really cleaning it up and really making it nice because i just kind of ran through that code as fast as i could to get something up and now it's time to kind of you know get down and clean it up and make it nice and make it you know something that is worth learning from you know instead of just something to
0: no, I mean, that's kind of the nice thing about making it fully open source is you're much more uh, responsible for that code, and you can't take shortcuts like we, we sometimes do because people will call you on yeah. it. Yeah.
2: yeah, It's crazy how long those old forums have like hobbled along. <laughs> like the first day I launched Laravel, I was like, eh, I guess I'll make a forum too in case anyone actually uses this. And threw it like on SQLite on shared hosting, and I think, like, the same code base is still running the forum <laughs> currently. Yeah, we, mean, had to, to we had to make changes every so often, though, because uh, yeah, had had the spam bots come in. Gosh, yeah, that's always been a bad problem with that that forum. Such a headache.
1: no more spam bots coming in soon.
2: <laughs> yeah, GitHub authentication is going to be awesome.
1: I think it's so nice. So we're getting a little bit of pushback from a few people, but almost everyone is – Kind of open to it and open to giving it a shot. Uh, What I really like is we have pictures for everybody because everybody has pictures on GitHub. We have uh, their names that people recognize because, you know, from packages, from this, from that. Um, Yeah. You'll be able to click through into GitHub and see people's work and learn, you know, a little bit more about them. Yeah. I think having people's identities kind of tied to their online communications, it brings a little bit more responsibility and and increases the quality of it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be sweet. Did you use any kind of package for the uh, the GitHub OAuth? I or is did. That just all I
1: used a Laravel driver package for uh the, that Lusitanian OAuth package.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I'm I'm gonna remove it because, for example, I need to use GitHub API version three in order to get the email address that somebody marks as primary. Uh, In in their github because you can have like as many you know a whole bunch of email addresses, but you choose which one you mark as primary so I You know when I create your account I pull in just whatever email address is the first on the list because it could be any of them, you know, so I need to upgrade uh, I need to do something because I'm pretty sure this package. I have uh, after looking through it I'm pretty sure I can't just send the appropriate header to kick it up to version 3 so uh, I'm just going to really quick write my own little thing because, you know, it's really easy to do for what I need it to do. It'll be nice because people can kind of, you know, see that too and see how that works. It'll just use Guzzle and, and be done. But it, it's it's a lot of fun. I have uh, Nick Nickster. Hey, he's Nick on IRC. Yeah. And uh, he's doing the design, and it's really nice to have somebody who can do design work on this project because finding designers to work on community projects for programming Stuff is just impossible. You just can't do it. You have to pay them or something. (laughs) Isn't that
0: crazy? These people want to be paid to do work? Well, you know, you say that, but
1: how much time (laughs) gets put into programming this stuff is, I mean, how much would you charge a client to make a forum, article system, a help ticket system? How much would you charge for that?
0: Oh, no kidding.
1: Um, And at the end of the day, the code is going to end up being some kind of like, you know, essentially is ideal in a way because we're just going to keep iterating on it and people are going to keep submitting in code. And and I kind of have this policy that as long as people are following conventions, I'll submit in uh, imperfect code for something that we do want in the site just so that we can iterate on it later, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect right out of the the gate. Yeah. But, uh, you know, bit by bit, we're going through and, and refactoring it, adding tests, commenting the tests. I just really want it to be something that people can look at and people can point at it when somebody else has a question. You know, like, how do you test this? How do you do this? How do you approach making your controllers, you know, more object-oriented? How do you handle, you know, O-authentication, stuff like that? Mm-hmm.
0: And you're using Codeception for the test? Yeah, tests? I'm
1: using Codeception.
0: So how are you liking it?
1: Well, I use Codeception a lot already. I have... I have sites that, you know, take a almost 2 minutes to run the acceptance test suite and uh, nice. It, you know, it's it's you know, acceptance tests are super slow, but when you're getting ready to deploy your code, it it's so much faster than going through your, with your on your own through the browser and it's it's just
2: it's really nice and Does that integrate pretty well with Laravel?
1: I don't. I don't use it to integrate with Laravel. I don't do the functional testing that Codeception calls. It. I just do only do acceptance acceptance testing with it. Oh, and really? Were,
0: that's a, you exclusively do acceptance.
1: Uh, yes, exactly. Oh no, I mean not exclusively. I do unit testing and acceptance testing, but not but with the, the functional testing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what's kind of cool about Codeception is if you wanted to test a, a Python app with Codeception, you could. You know, if you're doing acceptance testing, because it doesn't matter, okay. of course.
1: Yeah, it'd be I'm weird saying. to have PHP in your code base. But the, the, it, <laughs> no, it just I'm a, saying if you wanted to, though, you could. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's just it, a browser driver, the same as like Behat, you know, anything like that. Yeah, I think it yeah. actually uses mink stuff in there. Um, but you just tell it, you know, I want to go to this page, I want to see this. And whenever you say I see something, that's an assertion, basically. And so yeah.
0: So how do you structure them? You know, there's the two different formats where it's a little bit more like a class and then you have another one where it's literally just you open up PHP and then you create a variable called I yeah. and then you just go away with it. Is I that don't, what you do?
1: I don't like the class-based approach, really. I do it in just the procedural function, uh, the procedural layout. Uh, to me, that makes sense for, the, for in this context. Uh, so I'll have uh, all my methods in the Web Helper. So, you know... So I can do stuff like I log in, I log in as administrator, or you know I send a message. You know you can have these helpers so that your acceptance tests are a lot more DRY. Right. And uh, so I, I I do the procedural approach. Uh, I can see why somebody'd feel more comfortable with the class based approach, but I just divide uh, divide my acceptance tests up into different folders that define the kind of the use cases. So I might have a folder that's like forum, a folder that's like authentication. And put all the appropriate stuff in there.
0: Yeah. It really does make it very easy. I mean, like, to the people listening to this, if you want to get into acceptance testing, using that method with codeception makes it so incredibly easy. Yeah. Like I said, it's literally like you create a file, and then you just start writing. I visit this page. I see that. I click this. Then I see that. It's as simple as you could possibly get. So it's very much a nice um, introduction to acceptance testing.
1: It's nice, but I think if you're going to use Codeception, you need to make a point to go through the, the entire documentation because uh, referencing that documentation is not that great, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's hard to search into where you want to be. And, um I think that the IRC channel is basically dead because I went in there and talked to <laughs> them about, you know. if I don't they, think it was
0: ever alive. <laughs> yeah, There's like
1: 17 or 18 people. I'm like, does anybody ever consider uh, multi-threading their acceptance tests or anything like that? <laughs> and it's just like crickets chirping. Yeah,
2: the Larry Mill channel will kind of spoil you. <laughs> yeah, we got something pretty nice there. Like instant help 24 hours a day.
0: And what I mean, I swear to God, Machuga's on there like pretty much 24 hours a day. If I log on, I don't know how he gets anywhere. <laughs> not he's to got some out kind of, it, because it's amazing, but he's always on. Well, it's to because he,
1: like has, he has he has going, and what happens is if he gets paged or something, he'll get notified, and then he'll switch over there, and so page M- Matt all the
2: time. <laughs> he's got some kind of like artificial intelligence bot running. These answers. <laughs> Um, actually, Matt uh developed a
1: system that is now on help.laravel.io, and so what happens is in IRC if somebody needs something, he'll t- point them there, and it's like a little questionnaire. It's very hastily built, but oh it yeah, says, I saw that. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's like po- uh, paste all the source. What were you expecting to happen? What ended up happening? What were the errors? And it just creates like a basically like a help ticket that because you know when when you're getting help from somebody, they come in and say. Uh, my thing is broken, and you spend probably yeah. like ten questions back and forth, just quizzing them enough to get yeah. past the fact that they didn't tell you anything. They might be using different terminology than you. Um, yeah. the same words meaning different things. It's just, it's it's difficult. Uh, but th- this kind of thing is really nice, and over time yeah. we're gonna merge this into the the new layer of IO site, and we're going to add comments to it so people can post comments, and then they're they're gonna be curatable so that uh, it's kind of like a Stack Overflow article where it goes into a knowledge base that can be indexed by Google and searched and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not like we're trying to replace Stack Overflow. It's just we're already doing this thing on IRC. And if we're supporting IRC, we might as well make a byproduct. You know, we have a byproduct there. We might as well get something out of it.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: What is the Symphony IRC channel like? Have either of you guys been on there? Are they pretty active?
2: uh, it's not as active as Laravel, I would say. I have I do idle in there, um, and that's about the same number of people as the Laravel channel, but it's not quite as active, um, in discussion. But
0: I mean, that's pretty surprising when you think about it, because I I mean, obviously I don't know what the trends are, but surely Symphony is still way bigger than Laravel, but it's the community yeah, so be. active in our area.
2: Yeah, it'd have to be. Uh, Symphony definitely has a larger installation base, I'd say, for sure, because they've been around for six, seven years or whatever. But in terms of, like, trending, Laravel, I think, is gaining. Be- I mean, we're we're going to become the, the most popular PHP project on GitHub in a matter of a month or two. I mean, wow. just the way things are going. So, yeah, you know, it's, I think it's just going to take a few more years to grow that installation base to be anywhere near, you know, like a symphony, a symphony type project.
1: But. Right. Mostly, if you ask people if they could drop their app and have it in Laravel instead, they probably would say yes. But uh, you know, the nature of the, the business means that yeah. they're just not able to do that. And
2: yeah, and not, not everyone
0: would say yes. No, I, it's I was on Twitter true. the other day. We're starting to get the haters. And like I was saying, I think yeah. that's a good thing, really, because it will always happen. But, yeah.
2: Yeah, a few more years, I think will be a lot more entrenched, you know, in a, in a lot of different businesses and stuff. Laravel does move at a faster pace than Symphony as well. So like, you know, coming up in May will already be 4.0, what is it, 5.4, uh, version of PHP and up. So I imagine Symphony won't, won't be going that direction until they release Symphony 3, if I had to guess, but.
1: So you're saying, uh, in May, Laravel 4, is going Point to be, three, yeah. 4.2 is going to be minimum 5.4. Yeah. Now, is there a 5.3 long-term um, LTS release?
2: Um, I guess that would be 4.1. But <laughs> I'm just asking, do um,
1: you have plans for a, for an LTS?
2: No, uh, I don't. But, I mean, in other communities, there are people who pick up and do that. You know what I mean? Like, in yeah. Rails, you have uh, you have separate people besides the Rails core team that actually still maintain LTS releases of, like, old... Rails, uh, stuff. Okay, um, nice. but, but yeah, so someone could actually pick that up and even turn it into a business if they wanted to. But, um, with five, with 4.2, we are going to move to PHP 5.4, mainly because the PHP team itself is like, you really need to move to 5.4. We're not supporting 5.3 really anymore. It's end of life. You know, there's no more releases. That's right. It is, a, it is in a couple months, like that 5.3 is at the end of life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it already is actually. I think it, I think it's passed and, um, and, and by May, well, like um, the latest versions of Ubuntu, like the Ubuntu that just came out in October already has 5.5. The one before that had 5.4, the 13.04 and then 14.04, which will come out in April, 2014. That's an LTS Ubuntu release and that will have 5.5. So, uh, even, you know, most, a lot of hosts, Depending on the host, might only do like LTS and boot releases. So by then, you know the latest LTS will will definitely be compatible with Laravel, and several releases back even will be compatible. So I don't think it'd be a problem. Even my like totally crappy shared host is already PHP 5.4 and has been for a while. Yeah, even uh,
1: Media Temple. Media Temple skipped 5.4 altogether and just now they have 5.56.
0: Did they really? Uh, Oh, nice. It's pretty crazy. It just was not that long ago that we were trying to get everyone to upgrade to five point three. I know. Yeah. That's good. I, no, that's good news. I think it's just
1: getting easier for. I th- maybe it's uh, people are upgrading more. Like the, the hosts are willing to. They have this infrastructure yeah. that allows them to upgrade instead of just being locked somewhere. It, yeah. it just seems like things are moving along, and it's making progress a lot more real.
2: Yeah. Internally for Laravel, it's going to help, it's going to allow us to not have to do some hacky things like with closures and stuff, how we have to do like me equals this and then pass me into the closure and do funky uh, stuff that we yeah. had to do in 5.3. Yeah. So it's going to clean that up. And then also we'll have traits at our disposal in case we want to use those anywhere. Um, plus it's just kind of where PHP is and we don't want to stick around like an unsupported or an unmaintained version of PHP. So we're just going to move along. I haven't really heard a lot of complaints about that, honestly. I I thought I would hear more, but really, no one has said anything negative about that so far. Maybe the the people who haven't
1: been able to get off five two just don't use Laravel.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, um, did you guys hear about how um Cincio Labs, who works on Symphony, they got that huge investment, like six or seven million dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm wondering how that's going to affect Laravel in any way. Like, where's that know. money? I haven't read too much about it.
2: Like, yeah, I wish, they, I wish they would have been more specific on where what concrete things they were planning to do with it, but right. I don't know. Hopefully something cool. They've been doing a lot of, like, uh, I mean, just my totally uninformed, you know, observation, but they've been doing a lot of, like, code quality tools lately. You know what I mean? Like that code yeah. insight thing, and I don't know. It seems like they've been doing a lot of almost, like, static analysis-type tools.
1: The kind of stuff that other languages in the industry have that PHP yeah, does maybe so. Did Fabian ever say anything about that HTTP kernel update? That no, he was working I still on?
2: have no idea what that was. Okay, I don't so. know if they – I don't know. I mean, he he was hesitant to say anything because he wasn't sure if it was going to be able to be done. So I don't know what happened with that. Yeah, he
1: mentioned something about allowing some amount of persistence in a PHP application as opposed to just starting up and dying. But yeah, you it know, sounds like a pipe dream to me.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm curious with like. Just this week, you know, the hip-hop team announced that you can run hip-hop VM behind, like, Apache and Nginx and stuff, and I'm curious, with that becoming, like, easier and easier to run, and it 100% of Laravel's unit tests run on it, if that's going to kind of, like, do away with some of that, because... The performance improvements with that are pretty incredible alone i think in a few years i was just talking to ian about this the other day i think in a few years like we used to say like oh make sure you install apc but probably i think it would be like oh make sure you install hip-hop you know it'll just be kind of become yeah. a de facto thing because that looks pretty awesome
1: isn't that a like a language subset of php and not just like fully support everything with php
2: I don't know if they support 5.5, but they support 5.4 fully as far as I know. Hmm. I mean, all of Laravel's tests run and we do like some pretty funky stuff in some of those tests. As far as I know, there's it's not a subset, it's everything. Interesting.
1: Maybe hip hop will get a spec. Yeah. PHP's coming back, baby. <laughs> Alright, cool. Well, you guys want to do some, uh, listener questions? Do yeah. it. Let's do it. Bring all right. It. So we asked a survey. We sent out a survey and asked people to send in a question, so we got a list here. We won't be able to go through all of them, but uh, I think the one that's most important to the people who are listening is going to be this one about how has uh, Robo being absent from the Laravel <laughs> channel for so long impacted our culture?
2: I was worried about I really was worried about Robo for real, like I was like I was like i haven't seen Robo in like a week and a half or two weeks. I wonder if this guy's okay because he's like a pretty much a staple in that i r c channel
1: he's like um like a mascot but not in a condescending way
2: yeah he's like he's like a i don't know how to put it without making him really mad, but he's like he's like this relative we're kind of embarrassed of, but it's still entertaining to like veer him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He has he has like this sense of humor that makes uh really difficult to get through situations bearable. I,
2: know. I think to me, Robo just kind of like sums up the internet in a way. Like he's <laughs> he's so like crass and but it's enjoyable at the same time. <laughs> like. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um yeah, we're, I'm glad that he's back. Apparently he's like some soccer superstar.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) Uh, he He traveled through Europe a little bit, and now he's just wondering why everyone in England smokes cigarettes. So, somebody who did not leave their name writes in and asks, who here has a traditional CS degree, and how has that affected the career or the type of work that we do? I don't... Yeah, I don't Taylor, have, do have any kind of degree. I
2: guess you could say I sort of do. I have a bachelor's degree in information technology, <laughs> which included um, C++ programming and database stuff. But a lot of my school was more like computer networking and hardware and stuff. Um, so I wouldn't say I have a traditional CS degree. It's more of like a business IT degree. Mm. But I, as, as far as affecting my work, um I wouldn't say it affected me that much. What what happened to me is after college I went to work for a company that had a 6-month training program and that's where I really learned to program, I would say for real. So
1: Yeah, I think I I wasted a lot of time not having like a real computer science degree. I uh, spent a lot of time spinning my wheels, not knowing what to study, not knowing what to pursue. Uh, It wasn't, you know, until the last five, six years that I really realized that there was more outside uh, of my little bubble and that if I just reach out, I can grab it.
2: Yeah, man, I this this reminds me. um, It's so crazy, too, depending on what school you go to, because like for for me at my school, um, the professors, I hope they're not listening to this. They probably aren't. They're very old school. And so Mm -hmm. like. I don't know. They were just like so they were very C++ minded and like no like graphical interfaces or anything like that. And very traditional. But like I was just talking to this guy that's interning at Harvard and one of Harvard's classes is using Laravel this coming semester to build like some kind of web app thing. And like I gave copies of the book to the class copies of my book to the class or whatever. And so like that's. Uh, depending that's on the huge. school, it makes a big difference, you know, because, like, for me, it was just like build this little app in C, but they're actually building, like, a modern web app on a modern web framework and uh, doing stuff like that. So,
0: no, that's um, a huge deal. I mean, yeah. from, from when I ran NetTouch, I, I got to talk to a lot of people, a lot of college kids, and they would tell me these stories of what they're learning about. And the sad yeah. part is. It is, it's bad. Like Even CSS-related, they're learning like, oh, use tables for layout. I mean, they're learning yeah. stuff that's rooted in 1998.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We used Dreamweaver at my school for one class. Nice. Sure. Oh.
0: <laughs> you said there was no
2: graphic tools, man. That was not a true CS course, though. In the true CS courses, no, we didn't really use any graphical stuff.
1: Yeah, no. Information technology is kind of like a wide yeah. a- array of things that you learn. Just, yeah. you know, if you're not into computers from a young age, then you kind of should learn a lot of the stuff to catch up. But- yeah,
2: I could have, I could have, I could have skipped all of college and just gone straight to that six month training program at work and been fine. The things I learned in college, I enjoyed my other classes outside of computers in college more than I did my computer classes. Yeah, like history, uh, uh, you know. Any any other class, any other topic—history, English, science—that was all more interesting than a lot of my computer classes.
0: Yeah.
1: What would you it, say? There, I'm sorry. You go ahead, um, Jeffrey.
0: No, I was just going to say it, it's sad because it's especially in the development stuff with university. It's such an uphill battle. I was telling somebody the other day, like you can't, you can't really get mad at the teachers because it's like if they're 40 or 50 years old. I mean, this stuff is so hard, and we are okay. young and. And it's like I don't see myself in twenty years being able to keep up with how quickly the industry moves. So if you look at some of these teachers who are basically us twenty years from now, it's hard to blame them that maybe they're not as up to, you know, the current standards as, as they could be. I mean they have families, they're yeah. This stuff is tough.
1: I think it's cultural too, because I, I actually know people who are are like sixty years old and who are great and brilliant. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. sure Kent Beck isn't fumbling over what to do.
0: (laughs) No, just to clarify, I wasn't saying if you're over a certain age limit, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But I'm just saying like for, for your general population, especially with teachers where they are, they're, they're not developing every day. They're doing lesson plans. They're teaching classes, you know? So it's very difficult to, to keep up on all of this stuff. If we can barely do it. Yeah. teachers have
2: different emphases too. So like the head of my computer science department was like a, a genius for real. And but if you wanted to learn how to write like your own operating system or like your own programming language, definitely it would have been a good place to be. It just depends on what your emphasis is like. if But probably, you know, newfangled Web apps were just not their thing, you know. So it's just going to vary so much from department to department, I think.
1: I think uh. that in in. You know the web development, especially in in PHP, and I don't want to make this sound like a negative thing. There's this idea that school is a waste of time. People who went to school yeah. wasted their money and time. And I really i i, I don't like that perspective. I feel like it it could be a little bit self serving. Like I didn't go to school, and, and this is how I feel to make myself not feel bad about this, because you know i yeah. I dropped out of high school and I didn't have any real education. But if I think about what maybe I where I could be now if I had like a master's degree in computer science, I wouldn't have had to spend so long learning object oriented programming or spent or, or, or anything. I, I would have yeah. come out of that with a lot better foundation because I think people complain a lot that you just learn theory in, in school, but learning theory when it comes to these things is exactly what you want to learn.
0: I don't think yeah. it's always as self serving as maybe people uh, rebelling against the cost of university. So it's like, yeah, you can do this, and and for some reason our society says this is the way – you finish high school, and then you go $80,000 in debt, and you go to one of these colleges. And then many times you aren't getting the most current. Plenty of times you are, but many times you are kind of learning uh, maybe not necessarily what you should be doing, and you finish college, and you have $80,000 in debt. I mean I've seen that time and time again from working at Touch Plus. So I think that's sometimes what people – uh, rebel against it's maybe, true and also serving there,
1: there's it's just true that not everybody has every opportunity so some people aren't going to have the opportunity to go to the you know good schools for the the good educations so i just yeah. i always find it a little bit um i i feel hesitant and, and just a little bit strange when people start talking about talking down on education you know
2: well, you can come to college in Arkansas for uh pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I think my probably my whole college education costs, which I had I had um scholarships as well for playing in the band, but probably were cheaper than a single year of college <laughs> most other places. Is
1: that on the license plate? Come to Arkansas. We have cheap colleges. <laughs>
2: yeah. Our colleges what are instrument good. Did you play? Uh, I played snare drum. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah, fun times. Well, cool.
1: Um, I have another question here that I think is is more of an object-oriented programming question, but somebody writes in. Actually, somebody says Jeffrey here, so this might be Jeffrey. Is this you, Jeffrey? I don't know. What What do you put in your eloquent model? The question has come up a lot lately. Some people feel that they're exclusively for getters and sitters. I disagree. might be worth having a chat. Was that you?
0: Yeah, that was me. I think it's worth a conversation because it comes up a lot.
1: Right, so there's this balance between like the
2: yeah. Martin Fowler's anemic domain models and... examples of what I do. Okay. But like just looking in, in some of my code, like I have some stuff for um on a on a ticket, a support ticket, I have a method for like get staff tags that like spins through some attributes, formats some stuff. Uh let's see, what else do I have? Let's see, I have lots of helper methods too, like um is this staff member on this account? Are they pinned uh when's the last time they did this? I don't I have a lot of helper methods like that.
0: yeah, I mean, I worry that some people think when it comes to their eloquent models, like I saw one guy on i r c bragging that his eloquent model was empty, and it's like mm-hmm. that's not necessarily something to to brag about. It's fine if that's how it is, but you're yeah. allowed to edit that class. You know, I, and I, I think yeah. people feel like they're they're not allowed to do it because it breaks some kind of rule.
1: I think of an eloquent model as just a class that you write, and then when you're ready to use an ORM to interact with the database, you put eloquent into it. Yeah. So, like, I'll have methods. Like, if I have a post model, maybe a blog post, mm-hmm. um, maybe not a great example, maybe like a, a forum post. And if I'm spinning through the forum posts, and I might want to say forum post. Belongs to, and then put a user in there, to so I know mm-hmm. if um, so if I you know I know if I should put up controls for edit or delete or something as opposed yeah. to just comparing IDs you know directly there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I do stuff like that as well. Mm. I do think that's a hard topic, though. I agree that it's kind of difficult, especially since we like. A lot of times we abstract out the database layer, too. Like, if you have a big app, and say you're doing that whole repository thing, and it's like, what else is there? I mean, I don't know. I put validation in the model sometimes, too.
1: I always validate in the model. Um, I I validate. uh, Lately, I'm using what we're calling CRUD services, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I might have a class called User Creator, and I just pass in uh, an array of data, which essentially comes from, form probably, or maybe it comes from an artisan command or who knows where it comes from. It's a, It doesn't yeah. matter. And then uh, it does validate, it, it injects that into a model, validates the model, and then calls a handler back on whatever the calling class was, an observer. It's a, an observer basically. Yeah. And uh, what I do is I just pass in, I allow the option of passing in an additional validator. And so mm-hmm. in that context, I'll pass in an object that represents the form. So it'll validate the form, and then it'll inject the data into a model and then validate the model separately. And they both call the same, you know, like user validation failed or, you know, or whatever method. And so that's worked really well for me. And the 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 Laravel I.O. code base is I'm migrating more and more to using that method, but it's going to be completely like that by the time I'm done.
0: Hmm. Okay. Interesting.
2: Yeah, that's cool.
1: All right, so Taylor, where do you see Laravel a year from now? Hmm. So the the major question this person's asking is, are you just going to keep adding features until the framework is insanely bloated?
2: Well, we're kind of running out of we're kind of running out of big features. Um, With four point two, the things I've thought about initially are refining existing features. I still think validation of forms is kind of clunky. I mean, not necessarily the validation part of it so much, but just the whole process of like posting the form, validating it, redirecting, showing the errors. I don't know. To me, that all feels a little clunky. Um,
0: yeah, I, I want to kind of
2: streamline a thing, a few things there. Eloquent it's always. Hard
0: though, like, how do you do it? I know we've talked about it a few times, and it's a. I'm not exactly sure how you do it.
2: People tell me symphonies form stuff is pretty good, and a lot of different community members have their own approaches they've built, which they like, and we kind of need to gather ideas and stuff, but uh Eloquent always usually gets, you know, a handful of improvements and uh fixes and, and stuff like that, so I, I anticipate there'll be another round of those. Um but as far as huge just groundbreaking new features I don't see anything real big happening but
0: I know you were talking on Twitter the other day about 4.2 yeah. Did anybody have any interesting ideas? I know people always bring up uh, kind of the grunt integration. Yeah but I know. I'm not sure like I don't I don't exactly I don't know, know what, what, what shape that. that would take. Yeah, like, what I don't, would I don't integration really have plans look like Yeah.
2: I have no idea really. I think I mean there's been <laughs> more and more tutorials written too on how to set all that up and I don't know. I I don't think we'll get into that. And I don't think we'll get into any asset stuff. I just don't know why but there's a strong reason to.
1: Yeah, I mean, frankly, I would just I'd like to see Laravel just continue to you know improve performance updates, yeah. um, that kind of thing and I I wouldn't mind seeing even some features just separate themselves entirely from the framework.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. One thing is um I know you were talking about many-to-many polymorphic relations. That's in 4.1 now, right?
2: Yeah, it is. Is it
1: full? Is it fully supported both ways?
2: It doesn't eager load from the. I don't know what you would call it. The morphing side. Yeah, morph two or whatever. Just, uh, just like the morph maybe. two. We need that's. That's solvable. Like I just need to sit down and crack at it. But it would it would always have some restrictions in the sense that like if you eager load from the morphing side. And you specify a constraint: which table are you constraining, and things like that, because there's many different tables involved, yeah. possibly. So I think there'll be some restrictions, but at, at least a basic eager load is possible. You know, it, it's it's a little bit funky, but
0: yeah, um, that can
2: that can be improved, probably.
1: When it comes to polymorphic relationships, though, they're usually not too much more complicated. They're, you know what I'm saying? That, they're, yeah. that is the functionality that you're looking for. And yeah. so you can always write your own functionality to pull back, you know, write a query to pull back the exact correct data, and it's not that big of a deal. But I, I know that when I have these uh, many-to-many relationships, I just hand-code it all, and with polymorphic many-to-many, I can just shave those methods away. So somebody writes here, Asking about how you feel about using symphony components now that you've rewritten the routing aspect of Laravel so that it no longer uses Symphony.
2: Okay, we have to, I have to kind of backtrack on this a little bit. <laughs> we originally, I rewrote it and it didn't use any symphony. And the reason for that was not necessarily that symphony routing is bad. It's just that we do a lot of custom stuff in Laravel that we were kind of having to shoehorn into Symphony's routing. And it was getting to the point where we were like maintaining two routing layers and that was getting to be a pain. But then we had some issues on release with some different routing stuff. And so what I did was I pulled in symphony routing, but I only use symphony routing for compiling the regular expressions to match the routes. So we do still use it for that one purpose, which is, I mean, almost arguably the, the most important purpose of it and the, one of the hardest to execute. So um, we're still using it for that, but we maintain our own data structures and stuff, and we don't sh- shove everything into Symfony's way of doing things, which saves us quite a bit of time and uh, overhead. And then also we backed off on Symfony's session stuff and HTTP foundation. And that, that wasn't because of Symfony per se. It was because of PHP and the way PHP handled sessions where, if you open, like, a native PHP session or, or close it or whatever, it sets a cookie, almost like you would with, like, the set cookie function. And that causes some issues with, like, unit testing, and it it breaks the encapsulation of, like, the whole HTTP kernel concept. Yeah. And so we switched back to kind of just, like, a, a simple, straightforward implementation of sessions using the, um, uh, the session handler interface or whatever, and... That's just a lot simpler and easier to maintain now, too. It's less confusing. It's faster.
0: So have you done some bench- benchmark? Obviously, you have. But what are the benchmarks of 4.1 versus 4.0 look like?
2: It's a little faster. I mean, it's not like, it's not anything crazy. It's not like twice as fast um, as a framework oh, overall. Registering routes is quite a bit faster. Um, that really is about twice as fast, just that aspect. But um yeah. Overall, it's just a little bit faster. Yeah. So, but we still love Symphony components. HTTP Foundation is still like that's kind of like the bread and butter component that I can't see us ever not using in the foreseeable future. Um, so that's still really nice.
1: Now, um, what do you guys use to deploy your apps?
2: Jeff.
0: <laughs> uh, me first. Um, I'm just, you know, I don't have anything too extreme. I'm, I use Fort Rabbit, so I can just use Git-based deployment. Um, I have a little build script that helps me out, but, you know, nothing too fancy. But so, but then again, I don't work on some big team with 20 different developers.
1: With so, Fort Rabbit, um, how do you run your build scripts? Or are are those like bash scripts? Cause
0: yeah, I just sure. have – I don't do anything too fancy. Like yeah. uh, I have a little bash script that, that does some compilation but, again, like, my main project now at this point is Laracast, and it's just—it's not a massive app at all, really. Yeah. You know, it, it's not its not as simple as a blog. There's a lot of kind of tricky stuff, but, you know, there's nothing too extreme, so I'd rather not complicate it if I don't have to. Uh,
1: for the new Laravel.io site, Fort Rabbit is graciously hosting that for us, uh, which is just yes. really important because when you have a community site, I mean, who's paying for that hosting, right?
0: I think it's really cool that, like, yeah. Fort Rabbit is really going out of their way to be part of the Laravel community. I think they're rebuilding their yeah. dashboard in Laravel. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice. Like, we have this framework and then a very good hosting service that's on board with us.
2: Yeah, that so, is kind of nice. Yeah. Every single – Go ahead. Uh, just real quick on the deployment stuff. We, we have a really simple setup, too, uh, at the end of the day. And um, we use Fabric, which is a Python library, but – with 4.1, we could really transition that to just using the new SSH component to write our deploy task in, and we could probably ditch Fabric because it really just serves the same purpose. And that's really all we do. We just execute a deploy command on the command line, and it it, it uh, remotes in and does a bunch of stuff, a bunch of commands.
1: Now, do you have any kind of like continuous integration or, or any tests that run before it the code hits production that you're not manually running yourself as part of the deployment process?
2: Yeah, when we deploy to our uh, development server, our tests run automatically. And it it doesn't, like, reject the deployment necessarily, but it at least shows us, like, the test failed failed or passed, so we kind of get a heads up.
1: Now, this, this probably sounds ridiculous, but what do you guys think of, like, a Capistrano or something like that, a system where when you run your deployment script, it puts all your code up uh, onto your machine, copies over a copy of, of, you know, like reasonably recent production database, runs your migrations and seeds and runs your acceptance tests off that. Um, I've I've been thinking about this a lot recently because – I just essentially do all these things manually. I I run my acceptance tests locally before I even consider about deploying, and then I put it up on the server that has the same server configuration, the same everything, and then I copy over, like, a recent backup of the production database and bring it all up and then run the tests on that data. Um, So I was really thinking about how I should automate that out. I think those are cool systems. I like it. I'd like somebody to make something like that like really simple or just teach me how to use Capistrano because I haven't taken the time.
0: Yeah, I've never used Capistrano. I played around a little bit with Rocketeer, but nothing for production. It seems It's pretty cool. Rocketeer's got yeah, some Yeah, so stuff.
1: one thing I really quick wanted to say about Fort Rabbit, um, I'm using them for the Lerville IO project, and, and they're hosting us, like I said, for free. Um, and it's really interesting because every time I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do now? I don't know, I don't think you can even do this with Fort Rabbit. And then somebody's like, uh, actually, they have like a, a really easy script that you can just put in your thing and, you know, it all works. Like the deployment file stuff you're talking about.
0: Yeah, that Mm -hmm. just came out maybe three weeks ago. Uh,
1: It's interesting because like I really needed something to do so I didn't have to like manually do these things and, and there it is.
2: It's pretty slick. Yeah, they seem to really know what they're doing over there.
1: (laughs) They gave us a pretty nice, setup too for running the thing because you know forums can be kind of heavy and depending yeah. on how how much traffic you know laravel IO gets and all that i mean we're running basically it's it's like a central community hub so all the yeah. forum stuff is there i really i really should look at some of the metrics for that do you guys have any idea about how we could have like maybe a a good metrics package for for laravel IO? like um if people are having articles on there, it'd be nice to have stats about it. But, you know, just incrementing a counter in a in a, in a database record seems a little bit janky.
0: Yeah. I wonder if there's any way to kind of automate some of that. I
1: was thinking I would... maybe we hit the Google Analytics API every so often, like once a day, and pull down details or something. But I've never done
2: that. Yeah, me either. I don't know.
0: Google Analytics is pretty cool. You find out it's like a hundred times more powerful than you think. And it's, it's just really complicated unless you want to spend a hundred hours really digging in to see what it can really do. Yeah,
1: you really have to be like an expert. And this is like the, the whole idea that there are search engine optimization experts. <laughs> Cause normally you think of this as kind of a joke, but I mean to, to. There are, there are people who do, like, uh, strategic content, content strategy, and all these other things that so they have to know so much to get the details, and, and, and they can do so many things with the system, like the the tags functionality and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy stuff.
0: That's the hard thing with projects like Laravel I.O. Or, or even Laracast. It's like you only have so many people helping out, and, and we can't know everything, you know? Yeah. So. Something ends up getting sacrificed. For.
1: Well, I try to put a lot of comments in the code like this is awful or <laughs>
0: um,
1: <no. laughs> just, just saying this is temporarily here so that we can do X. Like I, I just added a search system to the to the forum, but it's not up yet because it's going to go up with the new, the new design that's probably going to hit this weekend. And, you know, I'm like, I'm just doing a straight database query, uh, really simple against the forum stuff, which w- as the forums grew, this thing would just not work. But, uh, I'm, I'm gonna replace it with something really cool later. So it's just a kind of duct tape for now. Nice. All right. Good stuff. So, uh, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys think we should do with this podcast? Like, so far I've been having, uh, Taylor and Jeffrey and, and Matt Machuga on and, and just talking about things like this, what's new. But, um, do you have any ideas about, you know, maybe, something what's relevant what's what's you know useful for people to hear
0: i don't think it would be a terrible idea to have newcomers come on every once in a while and you kind of get a a different perspective somebody brand new to laravel and they can ask their questions i don't know would that be good or not yeah
2: you could have someone who owns a business that's using laravel or something too oh yeah even that has like a small dev team um you could have like Anyone that's written a popular package, you could have them on and kind of talk about the package some.
1: Yeah, that's true, too. That would be a really good idea. Like, you know, Dries fence who does Laravel yeah. Weekly? Yeah. He has some crazy amount of subscribers now, and he's got his ear to the ground, basically. He, he's talking about every new package that comes out, and it's yeah. pretty crazy. But, yeah. uh, you know, having people talking about, here, this package is here. It solves this problem. Here's how you use it. Here's why we built it. That's a pretty good idea.
0: Sean, yeah. do you find that it's hard to get people to come on?
1: Well, I mean, not really, because I, I mostly just ask you guys, and you guys are really uh, open and really cool with it. I, I, you know, it's it's been really not as bad as I thought it was going to be. But there's so many people out there who I think would be really happy to, to you know, to be here and to to talk about these things and get their work out in front of other people. Like, you know, when somebody releases a new Laravel book, for example it it's nice it would be nice to have them on and have them talk about things and um yeah i've been thinking that means about let a different person every week yeah see <laughs> this is this is where i knew this conversation was going to go but <laughs> uh somebody actually wrote in and asked a question how do you convince your clients who haven't heard about laravel that that's not a bad thing and i'm thinking well you could start with a google search you could start you could go to amazon.com and search it's pretty hard to kind of walk through this minefield without finding something. I mean, it's 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 everywhere and it's huge and Laravel is is not a small thing. It's like every PHP framework except for Symfony and CodeIgniter basically are smaller than Laravel now is is what it seems like.
0: I think Yi yeah. is still
1: Yeah, Yi really has a, a stranglehold on China somehow. I have no idea.
2: Yeah, it really does.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's interesting to look at the trends, like Google Trends. Yeah, I did a lot it. Yeah, it's, it's some interesting stuff there.
1: I mean, it's also, you know, you have different types of places. So you have all these uh, little shops that kick out just like little page after little page, little, little site, and, and their technology is ancient. Their developers don't keep up. And so, yeah. you know, you, what ends up happening is, it takes years you know half a decade for something new to sink in and so yeah. there's always more market uh penetration you know to be done
2: yeah, that, yeah that's that's what take I always, several more years
0: that's what i always say is like we we forget sometimes like us and the, the people who listen to this podcast, we are the very small minority of people who are very much up on the, the cutting edge and what's coming next. But you forget yeah. there's people where it's a nine-to-five job and they're done. They're not, they're not reading books. They're not keeping up on this stuff. They're not listening to podcasts, and that's perfectly yeah. fine. You know, they have They have families, but it's sometimes hard to forget that we probably represent 5% of the development community. Whether it's yeah. Laravel or, or any of the people who are active on Twitter and and actively keep up on this stuff,
2: for sure. Yeah. So when I, when I worked at a when I worked at that dev shop with like 150 programmers, probably only I don't know. Let's just say 10 or 12, 15 actually like were on top of like what was happening, and the other you know 130. It was it was just like go to work and go home, and they weren't really interested in. They didn't know about you know GitHub and Stack Overflow and all that. Yeah. And, you know, this is how it was, but no, that's a bad thing, even. <laughs> well,
1: if they're going to use the new Laravelio forums, they're going to learn about GitHub.
2: Yep. <laughs> it's a requirement.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because we we actually have this I, I hate to use this word, but like the synergy thing where.
0: Ooh. Uh, you, yeah, he sorry. Used synergy. Okay, what
1: would you rather I say? <laughs> no. We'll go is back not. and edit it and put in a new word.
0: No, that can be the title of the podcast Radio Edit. <laughs> no,
1: um, <laughs> Where uh, you know you have you have this GitHub account and the site itself is on GitHub and we we keep reinforcing the GitHub social coding angle with you know everything that we're doing everything that we're building and it's it's the kind of thing where if we had another authentication mechanism like uh, Google Auth or Twitter Auth or something like that it yeah. it, it loses that focus it loses some power um, so I don't want to dilute that uh, because mm-hmm. we have a lot of really interesting plans for that so. Yeah, I could, I could ramble on about that site forever. I'm just, I am just really am in love with the idea of where this thing is going to go and how we're going to be able to serve the, the community in really specific ways. You know, if somebody has an idea, this would be better. The forums right now are just kind of forums. They're divided by topics, but it's just a normal type of forum. But this thing could become anything because it's just a Laravel app, you know? It's, mm-hmm. You just send a pull request and we work on it, create a branch, work on it for a while and just release something.
2: Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's going to be really cool. And I, there aren't that many other ecosystems out there that have anything like this.
1: Yeah. By the time we're done, I'll, I will guarantee that nobody has anything like it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Laravel is still put and within PHP. Laravel is still like pushing into some of those legacy ecosystems like symphony and Zend, like, I, a lot of those developers, I don't think, take Laravel seriously yet, and they think it's kind of, um kind of like a toy. Like, one of the symphony maintainers, or he commits to Doctrine 2, just yesterday said something like, what if you have more than one database connection? You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't think they understand that Laravel is a very serious framework that handles can handle serious websites. Yeah. And I think it's still taking a little bit of time to kind of infiltrate those circles. But I think once we do, we'll, we'll see more and more users f- from there too. Cause like a lot of our user base now is a lot of, um, kind of X code igniter X Kohana and fuel or whatever. And, You know, but I think we're gonna push more and more into these other ecosystems too. Having Laravel.io will be really a really nice thing to have, you know, because it's just uh, another kind of tool in the arsenal of to tie with that guy's one question of convincing clients to how do why do you use Laravel? You've got this cool framework, and Laravel.io shows it's got a big community behind it. Um, that is committed to helping each other because that's a really big deal. Like, who else is using this? Is Are we the only ones using this product? And so to have kind of this Laravel.io thing you can point to and say, no, there are thousands of other people in this Laravel boat is going to be really powerful, I think, for spreading Laravel into businesses and, and uh, you know, elsewhere.
1: And and the the ability we have to kind of push an agenda, for example, let's say in the main navigation you have a, a link, the meetups. And so, you know, you're using the site, you're using the forums, you like the articles, you're going to end up clicking this meetups, so you're going to see the meetups that are around you, um, just kind of automatically, you're going to be able to search, post things. Uh, I think that we have a, a lot of opportunity to kind of force things in front of people. And I think
2: it's going to be, it's, it's, really, it's really powerful in that way. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. There's so many Laravel meetups. Speaking of meetups... <laughs>
0: I mean, it's pretty insane like there's one in Turkey somebody was emailing me about it's I know. everywhere it just happens I, so fast
2: i it's, see like they post you know pictures of the meetups and there's a lot of people at these meetups i mean like 20 30 people
0: that's a like, lot taylor, of people for your, a local meetup taylor does your wife realize how big this has gotten like i don't it's insane. Well,
2: a lot of times well, a lot of times I see these pictures and I'm like, "Holy cow!" Like the picture of the Lyric, i think it was Brussels meetup. I mean, it was a big meetup, bigger than any meetup I've been to in Arkansas uh, for any language. And it's just crazy that there's people, you know, around the world kind of gathering to talk about Laravel. But I'm—it's re- really—I'm really glad to see all these meetups. I really wish I could start one around here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
1: Taylor Otwell's Laravel meetup. You, you, I, <laughs> no one,
0: no is coming. <laughs> it's just the Taylor, like
1: crying and eating a piece of pizza. <laughs> okay guys. Well, I think we're, we're at a pretty good point to, to stop. But, uh, thanks so much for coming on here and making this thing a continued reality.
0: Yeah. It's good talking to you awesome. guys.
1: I love it. Awesome. So, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. And until then, um, maybe keep your ear on the ground for some package maintainer who m- might want to come on the show
2: yep nice will do all right, all later, right. Guys. bye guys bye guys